Here on Gadget Lab, we dive deep into the tech universe, tackling questions like, is giving companies access to your genetic material a good idea? And are the latest phone releases really that different than the last ones? We want to help you make informed decisions about what is worth your attention. And here's something that is undeniably worth your time, a digital subscription to Wired. Lucky for you, we are giving Gadget Lab listeners an exclusive discount, 20% off an annual subscription to Wired. Just visit Wired.com and use the promo code GL20 to get 20% off a digital subscription. Use GL20 to get exclusive access to stories on the latest innovations like AI, deepfakes, and VR, as well as today's most talked about people in technology. Today's episode is brought to you by Empower. It doesn't matter how much money you have, we all have money questions. Empower is here to answer those questions so you don't have to worry. Take control of your financial future with a real-time dashboard and real live conversations to empower what's next. Start today at empower.com. Through conversations with investors and entrepreneurs, Unseen Upside by Cambridge Associates explores the human impact of investing. Season four focuses on exciting healthcare advancements, promising to improve outcomes and create resilient patient-centric systems, blending technology and compassion. Meet the minds behind innovation shaping the future of medicine, from drug discovery to the role of AI. Uncover the unseen upside. Available now. Lauren. Mike. Are you live streaming this podcast on Instagram from your new Ray-Ban MetaSmart glasses? I'm starting to get a sense of what you think about me. (laughs) (laughs) No, I do not have a pair of the new Ray-Ban MetaSmart glasses. I'm sorry to disappoint you. Uh, Can you ask the Meta AI assistant for a good ramen recipe for me? I have, in fact, used some kind of voice assistant on Meta glasses, which is a weird thing to say. But no, I don't have access to any of this stuff right now. No no smart glasses, no brand new VR headsets, and currently no no chatbots. Well, I thought Mark Zuckerberg said that we're already living in the future. We, we if it's his vision of the future, yes. <laughs> uh we're not currently all living in it, but we should probably talk about what that future might hold. I am down. Let's do it. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Gadget Lab. I'm Michael Calori. I'm a senior editor at Wired. And I'm Lauren Good. I'm a senior writer at Wired, not yet replaced by AI. <laughs> we are also joined today by Wired senior writer Kari Johnson. Hi, Kari. Welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me back. Welcome back to studio. Thank you. Our AI reporter, mm. also not yet replaced by AI. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. That's all we can ever say. This week, Meta held its big developer conference at its headquarters in Menlo Park, California, which is right in the heart of Silicon Valley. The show is called Meta Connect, and it was hosted by, of course, the CEO, Mark Zuckerberg. Developer conferences like these are where companies talk about all the hardware and the software stuff they've got coming in the near future. At Meta Connect, the company announced two new pieces of hardware, the Meta Quest 3 VR headset and a new pair of smart glasses from Ray-Ban. It also announced some artificial intelligence tools, including its own voice chatbot, some text-based chatbots modeled on celebrities, and some image generation tools. So we're going to get into all of these things one by one on today's show. But first, Lauren, since you attended Connect in person, I want to hear about your experience there. How were the vibes? 
If I had to sum up the vibes succinctly, I would say it was like hot, sunny Black Mirror. <laughs> <laughs> say more. Uh, well, it was indeed hot and sunny. This is down in Menlo Park in Silicon Valley on the company's campus. And they decided to host us all outside. And uh, for those who aren't familiar with the San Francisco Bay Area microclimates, <laughs> it is often much hotter down in the valley than it is, say, in San Francisco. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg did kick things off with a keynote. He showed off the new hardware. Then a series of executives came after him and uh, expounded upon what he said in their specific areas or verticals of tech. Um, and then afterwards, we were just sort of roaming the campus. And by we, I mean, there were a lot of developers and Facebook employees there, but also press. And so as a member of the press, I had a couple of meetings, but I was like kind of roaming the campus. And it's a it's a really interesting place. They uh, it's it's a relatively new campus. It's beautifully designed. And there are like, you know, emoji on the walls type vibes, right? One of the things that really struck me, if I can just open the reporter's notebook a little bit here for the listeners on the other end, is that typically when I go to meet with a big tech company and uh, or I'm covering an event, like as the press, you're like, you're kind of you're shepherded around and and you're you're contained. <laughs> like you have a public relations person who's like with you and they're they're sort of taking you everywhere. And like if you have to use the restroom, they sort of hover. Uh, I was just like a free range chicken yesterday. I I just like wandered around the Meta campus and um, ate in their cafeteria and was like, this is really interesting. It's just it was interesting seeing the vibes on a on a big Meta Connect day. The hardware itself. Um, I, it, I, what should we talk about first? Should we talk about the mixed reality headset? Uh, I'm kind of interested in the glasses. The glasses. Mostly because when the Ray-Ban glasses first came out, they were called what Ray-Ban stories. And you could capture video and you could capture photos, but they didn't stream live video. And I felt like that was a pretty big limitation. The new version does stream live video. Uh, so I think people might actually buy them. Yeah, they're probably... Four new things worth pointing out quickly about these. One is that you can get them with transparent frames. so They look like regular glasses and there are more styles to choose from. Two is that they're water resistant and Meta was emphasizing some like sports use cases with these. Uh, three is that like the AI, the, the voice assistant that's embedded in them, which we'll talk about. Kari, I want to hear your thoughts on this. Um, yeah. And then the live streaming part. I think that um, when they first came out in 2021, the initial reaction was, this is creepy. You're going to be walking around capturing video and photos of people around you and they're not going to realize it despite the LED indicator light. I think they are still a little bit creepy, mm -hmm. but by enabling the live stream and the voice control, they're uh, maybe repositioning them a, a little bit more as like a thing for creators and creators to like turn the camera back on themselves sometimes by also using their Instagram phone app in conjunction with the glasses. Right. So it's a slightly more advanced version of these like creepy camera glasses. Do you, would you use them for that? No, I would not. <laughs> You're like, I'm intrigued by them, but not that intrigued. Uh, I mean, I am, you know, mostly because of how they change the way that Meta is talking about the metaverse, right? These are not like an immersive experience. This is about sharing content. This is about walking around in the world and putting your vision of the real world into their apps. I think that's interesting. Yeah, it's probably more closely aligned with what they already make and do. Yeah. And like what the the whole value proposition of being on meta apps is. Yeah. Uh, Kari, what do you make of them? 
I think when I saw them initially, I, I think I'm with you, Mike. I'm like intriguing. No, thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now we have our podcast title. <laughs> um, I think when I saw them initially, uh, my first question was, you know, to friends in sharing uh, peace and, and social was, would you use these? Um, I I I found it interesting that you can do a hands-free sharing of like a photo and really quickly share, hey, Meta AI, send this photo to mom in, on WhatsApp or something like that. Uh, I'm interested in hearing if that actually in, increases how much people use the glasses. Um, the, the ability to share a photo hands-free in a, in a chat seems a lot closer to what I would actually be willing to do than like put this in my, you know, my feed or something. Yeah. And it seems like with these glasses, they're inching ever so closer to smart glasses, smart glasses. When we think of a, like eventually these may have augmented reality too. Yeah. When we think of smart glasses, we usually think of Google Glass, right? The, yeah. the OG smart glass. So we think of a heads up display information being put in front of your eyes. These are entirely different. But, I, you know, to your point, Kari, like the, the fact that these have the voice interaction in them and that's the thing that makes them more useful says a lot about the evolution of like voice control in devices. And like the companies keep putting more voice interactions into our devices. They put it in our phones. They put it in our smart speakers. They're putting it in wearables. And like it's actually kind of proving useful for some people. Uh, as much as we tend to poo-poo these things, like what we have is fine. What we have is fine. We tend to close our minds to the fact that like talking is very natural. And if companies can crack very natural voice interactions and make them useful, then that's actually like a net win for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think when you look at something like a Google Assistant or Alexa and the history of those types of products, uh, there were pie in the sky visions of all the different things it could do for us. And I think ultimately it's pretty clear now that there's like five things that people actually <laughs> do with this thing. I check the weather, play the music, set a timer, um, set, set a timer. Timers. Yeah. You know, so share the photo with mom. Maybe, maybe that works. Right. Maybe people actually do that. Okay. Or so now there's six. Or if you're a hype beast and you're you are a quote unquote content creator, then responding to your comments while you're live streaming from your glasses, mm. I guess. Uh, before we take a break, we do have to talk about the head, the other headset, the yeah. one that fully straps over your eyes that you saw, Lauren. Tell us about the MetaQuest Three. Yeah, the most interesting thing about the MetaQuest Three is that this is it's mixed reality, and that's something that we saw last year with the introduction of the MetaQuest Pro which is Meta's $1,000 super high-end, like with very advanced optics headset. Um, is, it has something called color pass-through, which if you haven't tried VR or MR headsets before, basically means that there are cameras on the device that let you see the real world around you, even as you are in, even as your face is, you know, your eyes are fully covered by this computing device. So that's the difference between virtual reality and mixed reality. When you're in virtual reality, you are, you're looking at a totally computerized world. You look around, you look up, you look down. Everything is, is a digital environment. When you're in mixed reality, you have some digital assets in front of you that you're interacting with. Maybe you're playing a game. Maybe you're like, I did like a Netflix Stranger Things, you know, portal world. But you can still see 
the sharp edges of the coffee table and the person next to you and light streaming through the windows and that kind of thing. So now with the MetaQuest 3, Meta has taken some of the, the stuff, the tech that was in the Pro, and applied that to the 3 uh, and given a color pass through. They also say they redesigned it to be slimmer and lighter and things like that. It's running on a new Qualcomm Snapdragon chip that's designed specifically for these mixed reality experiences. The hand controllers are slightly redesigned. Um, but yeah, I think the biggest news here is that when you look at something like what Apple has done with the Apple Vision Pro, which we saw and I tried at WWDC in June, uh, not coming out until next year, $3,500. <laughs> uh, and that is a mixed reality device as well. You, you experience like some of the virtual world and some of the real world, and there's a dial that lets you tune that up, tune that down. And Meta has done this with like a $500 device. And the optics are different and the tech is different and they're not doing everything exactly the same. Like Apple's does include some pretty advanced optics and it's, it's Apple and they tend to price things at a premium. But Meta, I think, has a vision that the MetaQuest VR thing that they sell, which they've sold a reported 20 million units of since they launched it four years ago, that they can sell hundreds of millions. That's what they think. And I don't know if I buy that, but I don't think Apple is going to do that with a $3,500 Vision Pro device. Right. Probably not. Have you guys tried any of the MetaQuest headsets? Uh, yeah. And just to go back to the keynote, I did notice Mark Zuckerberg taking a dig at the Vision Pro with there's no wire, there's no battery pack mention. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, uh, but not one of the more recent ones. Not, not not the Quest Pro yet. Have you tried the Quest Two? I think so. Yeah, yeah. A few of us at Wired did a did a thing for a while, and for a while, I think like for three nights, we didn't beat Saber. Uh, me and Adrian and Syra, and we were we had a good old time with it. And then we were like, "This is kind of a pain." Yeah, we, we can just we can just keep up our text chat. <laughs> speaking of pain, uh, speaking of pain, as a person who wears glasses, mm -hmm. it's difficult for me to really feel immersed. Um, my glasses are, I have a big head. Mm -hmm. uh, so those devices are a little bit snug already and you add glasses into the mix and it gets kind of painful. Yeah. Uh, and that's going to be one of the biggest differences between Meta and Apple too, is that Apple is going to require you as a prescription glasses wearer to get fitted for the device. I mean, assuming, Mike, you are the person who wants to spend $3,500 on a Vision Pro headset. Uh, and then you won't wear your glasses. You'll just have prescription lenses uh, in your in your very fancy headset. Whereas Meta says they've designed it so that it, their headset, so it fits around your glasses. All right, well, I'm looking forward to that. You we'll, get it? We'll have to, oh. <laughs> Wait, the forward or the looking? Both. Okay. okay. That was pretty good. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to chat about the chatbots. MetaConnect wasn't all about hardware. There were, of course, also a number of AI announcements. So many AI announcements. We were expecting this. Everyone in the tech industry is currently scrambling to show off how they're using generative AI to make all of their products faster and smarter and more human-like. Out of all the AI announcements at Connect, maybe the one that got the most stage time was the voice-powered chatbot. Now, Kari, I have to ask, are you excited for Metalexa, Face Siri, whatever <laughs> we're calling it? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to give it a shot, you know. It, it's, it's 
interesting to see it across the chat apps and then also in the glasses and possibly in the the Quest headsets in the future. So there were a few different announcements, right? Because Mm. we should probably establish that Facebook has... The questions around retirement have gotten tiring. Instead of, have you saved up enough? Shouldn't they be asking, what is it that you love to do? And how can we help you keep doing it? The truth is, you're not slowing down. So your retirement plan should be more of an action plan, a hiking plan, a music plan, a sailing plan. The point is, whatever you're passionate about, we can help make sure you never stop. At Lincoln Financial, we have the products to help protect and grow your financial future so you can keep doing more of what you love. Make your pastimes last a lifetime at lincolnfinancial.com slash action plan. Lincoln Financial Group, marketing name for Lincoln National Corporation and its insurance companies and broker slash dealer affiliate Lincoln Financial Distributors, Inc. Copyright 2024, Lincoln National Corporation. This episode is brought to you by Empower. Can you retire early? Will there be enough money to leave an inheritance? Do you have savings for life's important milestones? If you have money questions, Empower has answers so you don't have to worry. With a real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you can get clarity on your real-life financial goals. Join 18 million Americans and take control of your financial future to empower what's next. Start today at Empower.com. Hello, I'm Brian Cox. I'm Robin Ince, and this is the Infinite Monkey Cage trailer for our brand new series. We've got mummies, we've got magic, we've got asteroids. Mummies, magic and asteroids, what's the link? That it was an asteroid that magically went over the world that led to Imhotep the mummy coming back to life. That's correct. <laughs> I thought it would be. We're as scientific as ever. But the most important thing to know is that we are going to deal with the biggest scientific question. We finally ask, what is better, cats or dogs? Listen wherever you get your podcasts. As this foundational model that's called Llama. The mm-hmm. latest one is Llama 2. But yeah. then at the event, they announced products, which yeah. is Emu and then the, I don't know, simply named Meta AI. Yeah. What are the differences between all these? Uh, well, Emu, the new model that was introduced yesterday, is a uh, text image generator. And so you can use any text prompt or com- you know command to uh, make a photo. And so that will be included in the text-only version of uh, Meta AI, which is based on Llama. Did we okay. get all that? Okay. So, okay. So, the Meta AI is an app that is based on the Llama 2 foundational model. Foundational e- text model, foundational yes. Foundational text yeah. model. And Emu is its own model because it's an image generator. Yes. Okay. Yes. And so, Emu will be available through Llama. And, uh, you know, when you're chatting on through Meta Instagram. AI. Oh, okay. Yeah. You can talk with. <laughs> <laughs> this is funny. Who's <laughs> on first? Um, Meta AI is the assistant that is currently text only and will be available in voice in the Ray-Ban smart glasses. Uh, it is based on Llama, which is a large language model that is currently text only. And it's able to answer questions that you might have through a connection with the Bing search engine. I'm astonished how many times I've said the word Bing this year. (laughs) Um, 
I think Stephen wrote something about that in his uh, big interview with Satya Nadella, something about how like the words I never thought I'd write Microsoft being really excited about its search engine. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so yeah, it'll be able to do things like that. And um, as we mentioned earlier, it'll be able to respond to uh, like a voice query with the Ray-Ban smart glasses, uh, like send a photo to a friend or, and this is interesting, suggest, you know, what sort of language I should use when posting a photo online, for example. Oh, fascinating. Yeah. And so when you go to post something on Facebook or on Instagram, it can tell you what type of language you should like, whether it should be happy or sad. Does it help you compose posts? Does it give you hashtags? It, it, it's my understanding. It does give hashtags. Yeah. Um, it, from the demo we saw yesterday, it was, you know, suggestions based on a cat on a on a wheel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's a happy, happier post. Right. Um, it, we didn't get a lot of details about uh, the extent to which the Ray-Ban smart glasses with Meta AI would be able to uh, make suggestions for the language that you use but adopting generative ai in this way is is interesting you know it's certainly a big part of the conversations about generative ai and how it changes people's perceptions of reality is that you're going to have watermarks on imagery that's created with generative ai like emu and mm. that is what facebook has plans to do with emu but if you're generating text about your social media post there's no watermark there so mm -hmm. it'll it'll be interesting to see how that develops so emu mm -hmm. meta's image generator mm -hmm. trained on billions of instagram photos those are our instagram photos 1.1 billion images and accompanying text pairs were used to train emu the number of those image and text pairs that came from Facebook and Instagram is not yet clear, uh, but it is certainly trained on publicly shared Facebook and Instagram photos. So I can assume that all of my cat pics and all of Lauren's cat pics are on Emu's brain now. I hope so. Are you verified on Instagram? No, I'm not. Oh, okay. I am. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. And, <laughs> but I think that means like I can't actually go private. And let, I think once you're you have a check, you right. can't you can't make your account private. The okay. best I can do is just delete all my photos. Mm. But that really a, is the best you can do. <laughs> the best I can do <laughs> is just go nuclear. Uh but but the thing is is that uh like it's weird because when you go on social media these days anyway and you put something out there that is not private. There's this assumption, right, that like it's you're put you're leaving a digital footprint, you're putting it out there into the world. It's going to be captured and reshared. It's it's like in perpetuity, pretty much. But I guess I just didn't, you know, if you'd asked me two years ago, like what would these images potentially be used for? I, I don't know if I ever would have said like, oh, eventually it's going to like power, you know, artificial general intelligence that's going to take over the world. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Speaking of artificial intelligence, uh, I do want to ask about the text-based chatbots that the we celebs. saw that are based on celebs. Oh, uh, so, you know, mildly interesting that they have people like Snoop Dogg and Paris Hilton, simulacra of them in these chatbots. But uh, also interesting that they are conjurable within Facebook group chats 
WhatsApp group chats and text-based group chats across all the platforms. So you can have one-on-one conversations with these chatbots or you can summon them to join your chat and spice it up. Yep. (laughs) 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 You know, I think the first thought that I had watching that presentation was it brought me back to when Facebook was focused on creating a developer ecosystem for Facebook Messenger. And so there were so many demonstrations that in those years, you know, like 2016, 2017 or so, there was a lot of demonstrations that didn't feel like they were for the rest of us. They were just for the corporate sponsors that they hope to attract someday. Mm. And so to the extent that we had our moment with (laughs) Mr. Beast and (laughs) Snoop Dogg and Tom Brady yesterday, Naomi Osaka, lots of people in there. Um, I think I look right past what they're presenting there with, with the celebs and toward this idea of creating an AI studio offering where businesses or individuals might be able to come and create their own variations of chatbots and models. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly right. Because Meta Connect at the end of the day is a developer's conference. And so what the executives at Meta are presenting on stage is really meant to entice developers to get people to build stuff for these apps or these headsets, um, which keeps people you know, in the Facebook world of applications. And with the celebrity personas in particular, I thought it was interesting. I initially mistook them for as a, a, a replication of the celebrity themselves, like oh, that's Kendall Jenner, right? Or it's Snoop. But actually, in a follow-up meeting, I had a better understanding of how it's it's like that person playing a character. So... The celebrity presumably is just licensing their image and likeness. So this is where it gets very Black Mirror for mm-hmm. those who have seen Jonah's Awful. Um, they're licensing their likeness, but they, I guess, are released from the concern that it is an AI purporting to be them and could say something untoward or go off the rails, mm-hmm. right? It's just like it's like Snoop playing a dungeon master. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or it's, I don't remember what. Kendall's character was but I don't know they all have a second name yeah so it's not Snoop it's Dungeon Master exactly right Right. but it's just in their image and likeness kind Mm. of and so it's a little bit of like a liability free version of doing a celebrity AI and I don't know if that's like actually legally true but like just you know because I don't know the terms of the contracts they have with them but this to me feels the most like them throwing a bunch of AI spaghetti at the wall just to see what sticks. Like, I would not be surprised if a year from now, to Kari's point, like we're not talking about these celeb AI personas in the same way. But some of the other stuff that was announced at MetaConnect, we still will be talking about. This seems like, uh, yeah, like the me- the messenger bots. Mm-hmm. Totally. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it's going to depend on how developers take them up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Do you guys, would you want to chat with it? Like, would you, there was one about like a physical fitness coach too. Would you like want to chat with an AI persona and ask it advice or? Dwayne Wade, my physical fitness coach. Yeah. Um, <laughs> boy. I mean, he's a charming guy. Yeah. I'll, I'll give him that. Um, <laughs> I, I, I can't imagine I would. Uh, I don't want to sound like a total Luddite throughout this whole <laughs> conversation. Um, but 
I, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Well, let me ask you this, Kari, before we mm. take a break. You cover a lot of these moves that are happening in Silicon Valley right now. And after this week's announcements, where do you think Meta sits in the current AI arms race? So I think we learned a couple of interesting things about Llama and Llama 2 yesterday. Uh, among them, uh, that Llama has been downloaded more than 30 million times since it was released. The initial release was in February, then there was a leak, and then there, you know, um, Llama 2 came out in July. And so it's been downloaded more than 10 million times in the last uh, 30 days. And so we don't really have, it's, it's sort of an apples and oranges thing when you're talking about uh, Google barred use or um, open AI. But that's a pretty good indication uh, that Meta choosing to release this model in the way that they did, allowing people to download it uh, and make their own variations, uh, seems to be getting a response. Hmm. And um, one of the differences between something like Llama 2 and OpenAI's ChatGPT or Google Bard is that Llama 2 is considered open. It's open source. What does that mean exactly for, for the listeners? I mean, there are differences between, let's say, having an, you can't get like an open source licensed version of Llama, but you can download it and make your own variations. And I think that's the distinction to, to draw. Um, you can fine tune versions of ChatGPT, I believe, with your own data. But uh, this allows, you know, a, a developer to a, a bit more liberty, I think. And so we learned that there are 7,000 variations of Llama that are out in the world today. Um, Code Llama came out last month, I believe, for programming languages. Uh, so it's, it's in an apples and oranges comparison I think place between the the other major makers of these models, we don't really have anything to compare Llama to when it comes to like Apple. They haven't really shared much on the work that they're doing on generative models just yet. But it certainly seems like to go from releasing this model quietly to uh, a set list of sort of invite only release, but in February to putting in all your apps and services roughly, you know, six months later. It's astonishing. It's pretty quick. It's pretty hmm. quick. All right. I can't wait to see what happens in the next six months. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I look forward to having you back on the show for an update in approximately <laughs> three days. <laughs> yeah. Before that, we're going to put you through our recommendations ringer. Oh, okay. Our so, recommendations engine. Our recommendations <laughs> engine. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll come right back. Okay, Kari, you mm -hmm. are our guest. You go first. What is your recommendation? Um, I got to see the movie The Creator earlier this week. I went to a screening for that. And so that's out on Friday. And I thought it was really interesting. Uh, it's from the director of Rogue One, which is, in my opinion, the best Star Wars movie maybe ever. <laughs> uh, Controversial opinion, but right. I'm, I'm with you. Um, whole lot of robot, you know, rebellion stuff going on. Whole lot of robot messiah 
robot savior stuff going on. But I think it raises lots of questions about what a good AI use case looks like and the design of AI in ways that benefits humanity. How does AI even work? Where does creativity come from? What's the secret to living longer? TED Radio Hour explores the biggest questions with some of the world's greatest thinkers. They will surprise, challenge, and even change you. Listen to NPR's TED Radio Hour wherever you get your podcasts. And how to preserve our humanity in an age of automation um, being ubiquitous. So uh, writing a review on that, that you can go on the website and check out. Nice. Nice. Who stars in it? Oh, man. I don't know. Okay. Um, <laughs> humans, robots. <laughs> uh, there's people. There's no big star power in the movie is what you're saying. Uh, I feel like Denzel Washington's son is in it, but I haven't verified <laughs> that. So, you know, I, I can't. His last name's Washington. But I didn't check, so that's this a common. This could very uh, well be a hallucination. Oh yes, <laughs> to borrow the AI term. <laughs> very good. Nice. The creator. Okay, good rec. Yeah, Lauren. Thanks. What would you like to recommend? Uh, first, I want to note that the morning show is back on Apple TV Plus. I've recommended that in the past. Have not been able to watch the full season yet because it's being trickled out. But I've mm. watched the first three episodes and I'm enjoying it. Uh, also got to give a shout out to our producer, Boone Ashworth, who going forward, I will be calling Charlie Chip Black again <laughs> after the after the J2 Plus character. No, Mark Duplass, one of the Duplass. Anyway, uh, my actual recommendation is, an, is a 90s movie. Mm. Do you guys like 90s movies? Love them. Yes. Do you like pencil thin eyebrows? Mm, sure. Mad cow disease? No. Okay. Keep going. Jokes about cellulite that didn't age well. Love them. Mm, dramatic freeze frames? Yes. Shagging? Dido? Yes. Okay, I have check, the perfect, check. perfect, oh, bad British accents. <laughs> perfect 90s movie for you. Sliding Doors with Miss Goop herself, Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, boy. I know, I know. You know, it came up in conversation at a dinner party last weekend, and I was like, I haven't seen that in a really, really long time. And then I was uh, sitting on my couch doing some work this past Sunday. And I just, uh, I was, I was doing, I was reading a, a script for another podcast and I just put it on in the background. And I thought, what an epic 90s movie, Sliding Doors. For those who don't know the concept, the idea is that this young woman in London, uh, ju- there's a version of her life where she makes it to a train that she's trying to catch. And her life unfolds one way and another version of her life happening concurrently where she misses the train and uh, her life unfolds another way. And, and um, you know, it's a fun little concept. So the sliding doors in the title refers to the sliding doors of the train yes. that either she makes it through or does not make it through. That's correct. And the in the way that the also very 90s, like, do you remember that there were like, there were these TV shows and films in the 90s where like, women would cut their hair and it would be very dramatic. Yep. Like I'm thinking of like fel- the Felicity moment. Yep. So the way that they decided to create a visual representation of like the the cleaving of the stories here is Gwyneth Paltrow gets a haircut. Mm. One of the Gwen, one of the Gwynnies gets a haircut and it's like this very short, very blonde 90s shag. I keep using the word shag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and another one is like this, you know, just, 
plain old brown shoulder length hair and that's how you know the two characters apart um yeah it's it's just it's so 90s for all the kids at the back of the class yeah (laughs) exactly anyway like i can't like wholeheartedly recommend it uh but i would say put it on in the background when you're doing something else check it out why not i'm excited to refer to gwyneth paltrow now as miss goop Miss Goop herself. Like yeah. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. Also, Kari, I do want to point out that Lauren had both the names of the principal actor in the movie and the director. <laughs> <laughs> Next time. Next, it'll, I mean, yeah. Gwyneth's a pretty easy one. Mm. You know, she's very recognizable. But yeah. Mike, what's your recommendation? Okay, you know what? I'm going to keep this train going. Okay. I'm also going... You get it? I'm also going to uh-huh. recommend... Clever. <laughs> I'm also going to recommend a 90s movie. Yes. In fact, I'm going to recommend probably my all-time favorite movie which this week is celebrating its 30th anniversary. It came out the last week of September, 1993. It is called Dazed and Confused. Maybe you've heard of it. Have, in fact, heard of it. (laughs) Yes. This is a movie written and directed by Richard Linklater, Uh uh, who is, you know, a great American director. This is one of his early works. The thing that sort of put him on the map, other than like his very early independent work, his first big studio movie. The list of the people that are in the movie, who none of whom were really famous at the time and now are famous, includes Matthew McConaughey, Ben Affleck, Jason London, Parker Posey, Wiley Wiggins, Joey Lauren Adams. Rory Cochran playing Slater, like one of the great characters of all time. Mila Jovovich. These are, it's it's an ensemble cast. It's an ensemble movie. Like most Richard Linklater movies, it takes place during a very specific set period of time, Mm -hmm. which is the last day of school in 1976. So it's a movie about kids getting out of school in April, look in May, I guess, looking forward to their summer. And what next year is going to bring. So for all of them, this is a big moment. Some of them are going off to college. Some of them are moving from junior high school into high school. Some of them are trying to decide what they want to do with the rest of their summer. It's a, it's a movie that has like a glimpse of a world with zero real consequences, <laughs> which is what makes it so delightful. Nobody in the movie is worried about student debt. Nobody is worried about existential you know, AI stuff. Nobody's worried about the climate crisis. Nobody talks to their glasses in the movie. Uh, It's a trip through time uh, in more ways than one because it's a movie about the 70s and it's very much a 90s movie. So uh, if you have not seen it, watch it. If you haven't seen it in a while, celebrate its 30th birthday properly. Maybe get an adult beverage, um, maybe indulge in some fruits and vegetables and enjoy the glory hang movie that is Days and Confused. Wait, I'm confused by your recommendation of fruits and vegetables. Maybe uh, I'm talking about the kind of fruits and vegetables that make you dazed. <laughs> okay. Got it. <laughs> well, McConaughey's character in that movie is pretty, pretty classic. Oh, yeah. 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 I like that. Put him on the map. Yeah. Yeah. Really My map, is. at least. I don't know. Sure. Keep on living. Yeah. yeah. Can you do your McConaughey impression here, Mike? All right, all right, all right. That's pretty good. <laughs> Thank you. I, I rehearsed that so much before the show. We all recommended movies. You yeah. did. Yeah, but um, some definitely better than others. I think mine's probably at the, the low end of the quality scale. <laughs> does Does the morning show make you feel like, is that like too close to home sometimes? Does it have like newsroom mm, vibes? Does yeah, it, it does. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I worked in morning television for three years, a very long time ago as a production assistant. And uh, I think the morning show hits pretty, hits pretty close to home. Gets a lot of things right, I think. It's, yeah. Uh, love the characters though. 
Okay, that's like high. That's a that's a series. That's not a film. It's high up the scale. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. No sliding doors. Just yeah. All right. Well, we just well, gave like every- I wanna I wanna thank you for giving me the the best day of my life. Yeah, just to be with you. It's giving me the best day of my life. Is this is this a reference to the song it's that's in Dido. the movie? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Dido. My God, remember? Oh yes. Very much so. I have strong memories of Dido. <laughs> the ones that were not erased by the fruits and vegetables. <laughs> All right. Well, that is our show for this week. Kari Johnson, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. So great having you on, Kari. And you really do have to come back in studio again soon to tell us more about um, all these chatbots. I'm sure there'll be more news. <laughs> there definitely will be. <laughs> and thanks to all of you for listening. If you have feedback, you can find all of us on social media. Just check the show notes. Our producer is Boone Ashworth, and we will be back next week. This episode was brought to you by Empower. Are you ready for life's important milestones? What will your retirement look like? Do you know your net worth? Empower can help answer your money questions so you don't have to worry. With a real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you can get clarity on your real-life financial goals. Join 18 million Americans and take control of your financial future to empower what's next. Start today at empower.com.